Good morning. This is Dr. Matthew Dunn, host of the Future of Email. My guest today, I, I, I'd say, I'd say, friend and acquaintance, Aaron Smith, CEO of SageFlow. Aaron, terrific to reunite with you. Nice to see you again. Yeah, great to see you, Matt. Yeah, we've we've we met at live conferences back when people did that. <laughs> <laughs> and I believe you were still at running the lab within Shaw Scott at that point in time a, a few years ago. Yes. Yeah, yeah, that's right. So, um, yeah, our our business, what is SageFlow today, started out as a company called Lift Science in 2015. Uh, myself and my other two co-founders um, coming out of both the agency world and the um, the ESP space. We basically wanted to build a company that um, filled in solutions that the big players really don't do. So that's like what our focus was. And we joined forces with Shaw Scott um, 2017, which was really great for us. Uh, I think really great for Shaw Scott as well. And essentially, um, Shaw Scott was like a, an incubator for our business, which was really like just a wow. really wonderful, uh, yeah. really, really, really great. Uh, time. I'm super grateful to both Melissa and Julian for kind of giving us that opportunity. Yeah, and Shaw Scott, if uh, if someone's listening and 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 doesn't spend as much time in this space as maybe we do, uh, one of the one of the better known, bigger uh, email focused um, agencies in Seattle based, right? Yeah, that's right. Yeah, that's correct. Yeah, yeah. And then you guys sp spun out. I guess that's the correct phrase. You spun out. I, Sageflow was starting to become a product on its own within Shaw Scott when I, when I think I first encountered you and then, and then yeah. whoop, I'm like, where's Aaron? Oh, well, they're, they're now a standalone company and rocking by everything I can see. Fill, fill, fill me in a bit on. Yeah. So that, that is a very, yeah, it's, it's, uh, <laughs> very interesting. So, uh, we are rocking now. I would say we hit some really major speed bumps right as we went out on our own and, um, it's that that happens to lots of uh, startup businesses. So January, here's the situation or the uh, let's set the stage. January 2020, we've built a really cool workflow uh, automation tool for marketers based on, uh, you know, our work at the agency and uh, noticing that there really isn't anything like Asana for marketers in the marketplace. Right, really. there, there are some really great tools out there that I think a lot of folks in the industry have used because there's nothing better, but there wasn't anything that solved for the kind of really rapid high volume of campaigns that uh, email marketers, uh, digital marketers in general, you know, folks that are doing ad display, social mar social media marketers, they all have the same challenge of we've got 20 or 30 campaigns a week that we're creating. Um, so we, we built something uh, that we thought was really, really cool for that space. And we spun our business out to go to market in January, 2020. And then COVID hit and it just really forced us to reflect on our, our go-to-market strategy. So we didn't have funding. We were a profitable business, but um, we didn't really have a big war chest. And um, for that type of product, you really need uh, to kind of go to market with more of a freemium model. And it's more about let's go get, you know, 10,000, 20,000 signups and then start to build our business. And we just weren't positioned in 2020 to do that. We're not a gigantic team. We don't have, you know, 200 engineers or anything like that. Yeah. So, uh, we essentially, uh, I wouldn't quite say mothballed, but we, we took our attention off of the workflow product altogether. And, and that's funny because the name of the company was originally that product name, Sageflow. Yeah. Um, 
And that's not the case today. Uh, you know, today the company name is SageFlow, and we are sort of slowly pivoting another one of our products that we had in place in 2020 um, to be our flagship product. And eventually we'll probably just call that SageFlow. Today it's called SageFlow Radiate. And that's a tool for uh, large enterprise businesses or medium-sized uh, businesses that have distributed teams like quick serve restaurants, franchise retail businesses, and it allows those local marketing teams, somebody who maybe is a franchise owner and doesn't know the first thing about marketing, mm -hmm. gives them the ability to send out like world-class enterprise level email marketing campaigns through the ESP that the corporate team, the national marketing team is using. So um, we've got this really nice UI that's more of a consumer focus that sits on top of that. And, um, and then our other product is Archiver. And that's, uh, that's been around since we started back in 2015. And that's continued to gain traction uh, with call center users and also just helping marketers get a better sense of um, how to audit their own programs. So that essentially we save all the emails or SMS yeah. Messages, direct mail. Um, it's a really cool archiving tool. Yeah. Um, yeah. yeah. What we found with that as, as we've kind of gone deeper um, with customers in that space as well is that it saves a big enterprise business with a large call center could be saving like more than a million dollars a year in how fast they're able to address calls that are related to marketing inquiries. And that, that was a big shock to us. We, we started doing this work last year to really understand the value of our tool because yeah. Customers never leave, which is great. Makes me really happy. Uh, <laughs> uh, you know, as a kind of the product owner and, and the business owner of the solution. Um, but we wanted to understand really like, okay, what is the value to the org here? And it's that um, it's, it just makes life really easy. And then those call center people uh, are not bothering the marketing teams and saying like, you know, Aaron called in because he was upset about this offer that we sent him. What, what was that? You know, uh, the marketing team can just focus on doing execution and strategy without having to, um, you know, essentially address what they could do without a tool like this is maybe address a few dozen issues a week. And what we see our customers doing is that they literally will use the tool thousands, sometimes tens of thousands of times a week if they're at big enough scale. Yes, I, I wanted to. I wanted to delve into Archiver a, a little bit more, and then go and then go back to Radiate because they're both kind of fascinating. Ar Archiver um, customer that puts that in has their outbound marketing communications captured, archived, searchable, accessible to their you know, frontline customer service call center folks. Is that reasonable? Absolutely. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. And is that everything to every person? Every single unique message. That's right. Yeah. So wow. um, it's a lot, it's a lot of, uh, yeah, data that we're storing. Um, and yeah, to, to us, I mean, we, we originally built that um, in partnership with one of the big ESPs that had a lot of customers that had this need and they weren't going to build it themselves. So essentially, yeah, like, yeah. hey guys, like we keep having these deals where, Customers ask us for this as part of the RFP process. We don't have a solution. Like, could you build something? And we were like, yeah, that'd be great. We'd love to, you know, uh, build a product where your sales team can refer for us into opportunities. And that's how it got legs under it in the first place. Yeah, yeah. And um, yeah, uh, 
like we were just saying, the the scale of what we store is really interesting because there there are all kinds of use cases that come up within that beyond just the someone's calling in because they've got a question about an email. Uh, litigation comes in sometimes. Yeah, an audit compliance yeah. thing. So again, like when the legal team comes to the marketing team, and and we hear this a lot from our our existing customers and then new prospects too. This happens pretty frequently, where the legal team will say. Aaron, <laughs> I'm just using myself as an example. I'm not, you know, I never called to the contact center or sue people, but Aaron <laughs> is threatening to sue us. Yeah. Uh, you know, we sent him some type of email that he found offensive or whatever, you know, the, the cause might be, or we gave him an offer that, you know, felt like it wasn't right, whatever it might be. Um, we want to see everything that was sent to him in the last oh, 180 days. Yeah. Can you give that to us? And Without a tool like Archiver, marketing team is actually going to have to like yeah. hire a consultant yeah. to you know spend weeks pulling that data out, trying to re yeah reconstruct what the set of data was at the time of send. They're they're probably not going to get a real picture anyhow. But we yeah. kind of saved everything as a snapshot in time. It's really cool there, and um, it's also really great for some folks in call centers now are also tasked with generating new business. It's, it's, you, you know, it's more of the customer experience side of things. So if like, if you're in travel sector, for example, like cruise ships and airlines for VIPs actually will have people that reach out to customers to try to, um, you know, essentially help book travel and things like that. Okay. And so they'll go into archiver and just look at the email journey where, um, we will have this really nice view where you can visually kind of see the thumbnails of all the messages that particular customer that you're calling has received. Nice, nice. Wow. Yeah. Wow. Um, yeah, what, what, th this is like the picture tells the story better than, you know, a thousand words thing is, yeah, it's like the way the human mind works is we're all pattern matching, pattern recognition engines essentially. And so <clears throat> that person in the call center that is reaching out to a customer when they look at that, they kind of immediately know without having to read notes or a lot of text, they understand the customer that they're talking to. Yeah. Like this person gets a lot of messages and look, they're always getting offers to go on a cruise to Alaska or whatever. Yeah. So I'm going to calibrate yeah. my conversation. Yeah. Yeah. See it, literally see it through their eyes, right? Yeah. Exactly. Wow. That's yeah. uh, now, I, I, of course, being, <laughs> being a major geek, I, I've got a couple of questions. That's a lot of storage. It is a lot, of, a lot of organization. Yeah. Um, broad strokes is this was the search problem or the storage problem the the biggest hairball or was it something else? Oh, I think the the search probably. Um, I am blessed to work with one of like probably the best architect I've ever known. Uh, he's also my friend. He was my best man at my wedding. Um, Thomas Westcott. He's our CTO. And he's a genius. Uh, I, I really can't claim credit for anything. Um, I'm a decent product person, a good UX person. But when it comes to enterprise scale, yeah, um, Thomas is the man. We both started our careers on Wall Street, um, building different types of um, trading, settlements, and foreign exchange systems. So we were both really familiar with the concept of big data before it was called big data. Mm -hmm. Um, and, uh, both of us have really strong data backgrounds, database backgrounds as well. So I would say our, 
our biggest challenge was just designing a system that could handle all of that. You know, these days, massive storage is, is not a hard thing to solve for, but for us, you know, typically a search comes back within two seconds when a customer, you know, yeah. customer care person is looking up a customer's record. Wow. And, and that's important, like yeah. being able yeah. to pull all that stuff up. So yeah, we were very intentional in kind of making sure we knew that that would be the use case out of the bat. And we started off by working with an enterprise ESP. So we kind of had the advantage of working with customers that already were in that scale of data. So we, yeah, thankfully we didn't have to like build it one time and then go back and like fix things because we were, you know, getting bigger and bigger customers. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Nice. Nice. On, and, and not a trivial data problem. Like you're, you're describing is it as if it were easy. <laughs> yeah. It's, it's no, there's, there's a lot <clears throat> to it because yeah, sometimes people want to yeah get, we've built a kind of flexible tagging system so that people can also look up things beyond just, you know, buy a customer ID, yeah. order yeah. numbers and things like that. So, you know, yeah. spring promotion or whatever, right? Yeah. yeah. Okay. Wow. Wow. Fast, fast, fascinating. And I'm really not surprised about the stickiness that you're describing, right? No customers leaving. I'm also not surprised by the, 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 the lawyers getting onto it. It's a complete sidebar, but you, you know, the internet, uh, the way back machine, right? Yeah. Because yeah. This project, like I, I spent a couple of years, uh, as a technical IP expert working with litigation firms and thought like the way back machine could fund itself yeah. just <laughs> by charging lawyers. You're right. Yeah, absolutely. Looking for that. What's that one random email that you sent at three and I don't know where it is. Right? Yeah. Come on. But there's a, there's a requirement. And there's value to it. Yeah, I like that. I've got, I'm gonna I'm gonna use that. So lately, uh, you know, we've been kind of gearing up our go to market um, and trying to get our name out there in the world. And uh, currently, we're calling Archiver the ultimate search engine for your marketing messages, which is like that's a nice tag. Uh, but I like, yeah, I don't know, you know, the way back, <laughs> yeah, way back machine for all of your marketing messages as well. Something and, like, well, but, and, and, and archiver, I mean, we could, we're a product rat hole that you didn't ask for. Like it, it's, it's a description, but it's not all the value. Exactly. Yeah. It says what it does. Yeah. So we, we, we joke all of our, um, you know, over the years, when we started as Lift Science to where we are today, we built, I think, nine products over the years. Um, and now, you know, we're focusing primarily on two. We've got um, one other one that comes up um, relatively frequently, which is coupons. And that's essentially just a bridge that uh, makes it very easy for folks who are using something like Shopify or Magento, whatever their e-com platform might be. Mm -hmm. They're generating coupon codes. We make it easy to leverage those in your ESP without uh, having to have a data team do that stuff. Yeah. And that that still comes up. We probably pick up four or five customers a year um, on that without, like, we're not making a big push for that, but it's a need for folks. Yeah. Um, yeah. But everything else we built is more or less um, sunsetted or shut down at this point, um, including workflow tool. Was that hard? Uh, yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah, I'm with it, you, man. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yeah. For, for anybody listening to this, that is more on, um, I would say <clears throat> the product engineering yeah. or company leadership side, yeah. um, you know, killing us, uh, you know, it's a terrible phrase, kill your babies, kill your babies, <laughs> but, um, 
it's, it's, you know, we, we just have really heated debates about that uh, all the time over the years when it comes up to a point of looking at something and saying, should we shut this off or not? Yeah. But it, it has been so great for our business because we've been able to just really narrow our focus. And like I said, really from our go-to-market strategy these days, we're just focusing on those two products because we think that they, they have the most value. Pretty much any company in the world can use Archiver. It, it benefits them. And then the distributed marketing tool, Radiate, is today it's valuable to franchise businesses, particularly QSRs, uh, or could be folks. It's kind of all, all kinds of interesting sectors. Um, learning centers, you know, um, tutorial type businesses, um, health and beauty services like spas. Um, so there's like, we're finding a really interesting world as we've gone into that space of different types of businesses beyond what we... I guess, historically focused on was kind of retail and financial services. Uh, and QSR travel. means? Quick serve restaurant. Sorry. Okay. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> yep. <laughs> yeah. So, so Radiate, yeah, you, you went where I was going to go next to ask about that. So pick a, without naming names, pick a, pick a sort of tip, like tell the story of someone using Radiate at a local level and how that relates to the, I guess, probably national or chain level. Yeah. Um, so yeah, we, without naming names, I'll mention, uh, one of our QSR customers, they're, they're based in the Midwest in Wisconsin and, um, they're like burgers and custard is, is their specialties. Um, really, really awesome folks. And they actually had tried this a few times before working with us. Some of the really, uh, really old legacy established ESPs, kind of the first wave from the late 90s, early 2000s, have some very, I would say, like bare bones, basic capabilities for distributed teams. Okay. Um, yeah. Yeah. And, and so they had tried that with, with their folks. So their challenge, essentially, when we started the conversation with them was, we've got, let's just say, you know, more than 500 restaurants. And those folks today don't really have a good tool to use. So a lot of them are using something like Emma or Constant Contact or Milch. Mm -hmm. uh, <laughs> and that's awful for us as the national marketing team because it's disjointed. The people sending these are not professional marketers. They have a different list. There, there are so many things wrong with that. Yeah, uh, yeah. But, you know, at the same time, they're not offering a choice for those folks who really want to drive people to come into their restaurants and their stores, right? So it was basically a lose-lose situation where nobody was happy. Um, and they uh, got introduced to us and we worked with them to <clears throat> build our solution on top of their existing ESP. Okay. Um, so yeah. basically it connects through APIs. That's how our tool works. Yeah. Ask, yeah. And, and now today we're on many different ESPs. We sit on top of them. Um, and uh, essentially the, the beauty of it is the... Local marketer, uh, and you know, they're not a local marketer, the local business owner, maybe right. some, some guy or gal who owns five or 10 restaurants mm -hmm. in one state or a couple states. Um, you know, they're focused on inventory management and staffing, and uh, you know, some of them might even be behind a cash register like during the daytime. Mm -hmm. Marketing is the last thing that they're they're gonna be 
good at. And so what we've done is we built this really nice, I would call it kind of more of a consumer type of interface. Okay. So it's more like, you know, constant contact meets your enterprise ESP. And um, we give them guardrails and templates that the national marketing team puts yeah. together for them. And so they can send out, personalize their messages using, you know, brand approved guidelines. There's a whole approval system for customers that want to use that. And, and that's also a really interesting um, kind of use case there. Some of our customers trust their franchisees or their local marketing teams enough where they don't need the approval module or they only turn it on um, for some owners uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. because they're like, yeah, this, this guy, you know, he, he goes off script. So we need to look at what he's doing before he sends it out. Um, <laughs> but, you know, we don't want to do that for all 800 or whatever, you know, the number might be mm -hmm. of, um, of our different uh, franchise owners that are out there. Uh, and then the cool thing about it actually going out through the ESP is the more sophisticated capabilities that a modern day ESP gives you like audience segmentation, um, you know, personalized product recommendations where you can have, um, other include files or, you know, real-time data, like what you guys do, um, that can be included in the templates as well. And without that local marketing, they don't need to know anything about how to put those tags in. Um, it's just part of the template. Nice, right. Yeah. 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 So the, the, the more technically and aesthetically sophisticated part can theoretically at least be handled by, by headquarters. That's right. Yeah. Yep. And, uh, and you were saying, you were saying the results, like the local results are they're, unbelievable. They are. Yeah. So that's what, um has been really, <laughs> I'm just laughing because I feel like, uh, you know, I've been in the space about two decades now. Uh, I don't know if I should be proud of that or embarrassed, <laughs> uh, <laughs> but, uh, you know, I, I think I know a thing or two, uh, you know, about, uh, particularly email marketing. And I've worked with so many amazing um, teams at many of the world's largest companies, uh, you know, seeing them set up their, their email marketing programs and, you know, basically the day-to-day -day execution of really good copy and, and messaging that leads to, you know, effective campaigns. And the, the ironic thing is these folks who don't have any of that training or legacy behind them are creating campaigns that perform so much better than what the national marketing team is doing. And it's because this has always been like a mantra in our industry. It's relevant. It's that word relevance that comes into play here. And somebody, you know, at the local juice shop down the street from me that sends an email out, maybe saying like, we're doing a sale this Sunday when the farmer's market is, is happening at the same time that that's interest. Like then you're tying it into something that I can connect with. Yeah. And it also, what we're seeing with this, and this is why I believe 10 years from now, local marketing will be huge for every business is we've, we've made so many strides, um, you know, future of email, uh, the future of email currently is automation, automation, AI, um, you know, so much really cool stuff that we can do with software, but, uh, what we lose with all of that, I think, is more of a personal touch. And what Radiate gives 
companies is the ability to have team members create a, a more personalized touch again. Social media obviously does that, but it's at scale, right? It's not local. And um, my CRO, Per Karot, uh always uses this example, which I love um, of, you know, if you're in the South to say y'all, like just rolls off the tongue and supernatural, it's a normal thing. Um, I've been trying to add it to my vernacular because uh, it's a, you know, it's a nice way of addressing folks. It's gender neutral, um, but it, it sounds weird and stilted coming out of my mouth. Um, and it, it would look really weird if Sage Flow was like, hey, y'all, like, you know, this is what we're doing. Um, but again, like if if you're in Atlanta, Florida, right, um, Carolina, Alabama, it doesn't look weird um, to get an email with that. So like that's another thing where local marketers can use Lang. Like they're just going to naturally use, you know, terminology that makes sense to them. And it it resonates with the audience that's receiving it too. So there's, there's, I think there's a lot at play there, but yeah. the, um, the engagement rate of those campaigns is much higher. Yeah. And we've done some studies with some of our customers also on the revenue side as well, where they've um, tested it, like using coupons so we can track, um, you know, which campaigns they came from and then go back and look at their data um, with their BI team from the in-store purchases and see that the campaigns that the local marketers send out also tend to have something like a 30% higher basket size, um, average revenue. So yeah. And the, the engagement stuff is like, it's 200% higher. So that's where, you know, like the national team, might be getting 15% open rates. The local marketers are getting like 30, 35% open rates. Wow. Um, wow. Or, 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 you know, and, yeah. like, and things like that. Yeah. Wow. wow. That's got to be kind of fun. It's really fun. Yeah. yeah. Um, <laughs> and maybe a little, not unexpected because you built the thing, but pleasant surprise that it's that much of, right, that much of an improvement. Yeah. Yeah. I would say um, it's, been a pleasant surprise and um, like a pleasant, not quite a shock, but as, as we, you know, as we've gotten more customers and as we've started to, you know, do more of this, like unpacking the ROI of what you're getting out of it type, yeah. type exercise, um, you know, when you're building a business, you always want to get case studies so that you can use those to talk to new prospects. Sure, sure. And yeah, like we, we had this moment, I think it was, you know, four or five months ago where we saw with one of our customers that they made $8 million in revenue from, from this tool. And like, that was flabbergasting yeah. because it, it isn't cannibalizing <laughs> anything else that they're doing. It's basically like a complete new revenue stream. And in a way, this is why I really do think this will be <laughs> a, a big part of, you know, the future of marketing programs and campaigns is those sorts of numbers are things that, we haven't really seen mm. in our industry in like 10 or 15 years since everybody was like abandoned cart or browse-based behavior. And that became a big thing. So this is like another thing that I think people will start to build programs for over the next five plus years. But it's, you see that. You're, you're putting the human, to, you know, the human to human back in the equation, right? Like your farmer's market, farmer's market example, just coincidence, but it really resonates because the town I live in has one of the best farmers markets in the country. And if you make a, you know, at the market on Saturday reference here, 
It's a very meaningful thing. Like yeah. it's a it's a rare, rare Saturday that my wife is not going to the to the farmer's market and a campaign like, oh yeah, hey, we're gonna be at the market. Like she'd know what that means. And it means a lot. Yeah. And the national Absolutely. guy sitting yeah. in whatever wouldn't have no idea. Yeah. Yeah. That's the the quick serve restaurant I was talking about for them, um, they're in a lot of rural areas. Yeah. And um, it's kind of the place to go after the Friday night football game. Yeah. And and they do a lot of local marketing like that, basically like, you know, come in after the game and get like a free Sunday or something like that. Right. Right. Yeah. Like, yeah. Get, you know, two burgers or whatever it might be. Well, we happen to be having this conversation the morning after Hurricane Ian pasted Florida and my brain is going to. You really don't want to have a tone deaf campaign going out of your Florida franchise this morning. Like you yeah. really, really don't. Why? Because this is underwater. Exactly. Yeah. 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 And and so again, yeah, it allows you to communicate more effectively. Yeah. Um, we've got some stuff in there too that allows the local team to see the national marketing team's calendar so they don't step on each other's toes. That had, yeah, that makes sense. They can be yeah, more aligned. Sense. Um yeah, the last kind of interesting data point I'll I'll kind of share on that is typically what we see is from the local side, you know, our customers are sending 2,500 to 4,500 messages out, campaigns, uh, you know, that are touching many, many millions of people a year. And the national team is never, like, that's impossible to scale that. Uh, I see. To, yeah. to get yeah. that. Yeah. 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 Well, and, and to have the, not only the, the, the cadence at all those endpoints, but the right cadence, right? Cause here the, the big game is Friday night and there. You can't automate that. Yeah. Yeah. You, you can't. can't. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You'd, you'd never know how you'd, you'd trip on yourself or you'd have, you know, a thousand, a thousand people at headquarters trying to keep up with the local news of which there isn't any. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like that's a whole, like that's an over the fear topic, right? We're marketing moving back into a local space that journalism used to occupy, arguably fascinating. Wow. Very cool. Um, on a technical side, you said sits on top at an API level with multiple ESPs. Um, having worked with the uh, email service provider APIs more than a bit, that's uh, you said that as if it were easy. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. Again, I think that uh, <laughs> I owe a great debt uh, of gratitude to Thomas, uh, our CTO, for coming up with a good model for that. Well, wow. uh, you know, we every time we do a new integration with a new ESP, it is a, a relatively, you know, it's a big lift. Um, and every platform is different. Uh, yeah, it's they're 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 totally different. You know, yeah. can you, you know, can you create a campaign via the API? Schedule a campaign. How do you get? assets in and out of the platform, yeah. um, you know, as far as like email templates and yeah. images go, all of that, um, the, the, probably the bigger challenge, all, every ESP has, has that worked out to some degree, but then where it gets a little bit more challenging is on the, um, the audience capability side. So for us, mm. what we need to do ultimately is if your a franchise owner that has five stores, you can only, you only ever can see, you know, target people within that, that realm, right? I see. And how we set the audiences and the filters up, oh, uh, yeah. that, that itself is a little bit of manual work on, on each ESP to get to that level of sophistication. Yeah. 
Uh, we can't get around that. So that's part of our onboarding. And it's not quite as much effort as standing up an ESP itself. Um, so for us, it's maybe six to eight weeks of work, um, you know, to, to get everything in place. Uh, and we're working with a client on a new platform. Um, if it's an existing platform, it's three or four weeks because no matter what, we're going to have to sit down with them and say like, what's your data model and what do you want to make available beyond just limiting, um, you know, uh, Frankie franchiser <laughs> to, uh, to his or her five, um, locations in two states. What else do you want to make available to them? Do you want to let them do any sort of RFM targeting? And really typically it will be something like that where they do want to be able to, um, do the same type of targeting that a good email marketer would be, which is like, I want this email to go out to, you know, highly engaged customers or labs because like maybe we're doing a sale, but we don't yeah. want everybody. We know that our highly engaged folks will, you know, come in anyway. So we don't need to use a promo for them. Yeah. Um, yeah. things like that. And then, um, product categories. So in, in the case of like a quick serve restaurant, um, product category is more like a, a like what the customer, when do they come in? Are they a lunchtime customer? Are they an you know, a dinner customer, um, do they like Sundays? Are they a dessert or a burger person? Um, things like that. Wow. <laughs> wow. <laughs> wow. That's, uh, that's not necessarily what ESP, uh, ESPs were designed to do out of the gate. So I, I imagine. Yeah. Well, it, it's not that, that, that I think is, that's kind of more, it's, it's always different for every business, but I do think every modern ESP th these days makes makes it relatively easy to get down to that level. Um, but it is still, you know, it's work because it's, it's customized and it, it, it is that we live in a golden age of, um, you know, <laughs> nice. it's an old timey phrase, uh, but it, it is a wondrous time. And I think we, um, as you know, marketing and marketing technologists, we should stop every once in a while and kind of pinch ourselves and, and be grateful for everything that we have. Uh, I know that we're always complaining and, you know, my vendor doesn't support X, Y, Z or whatever, right. but the capabilities that we have, um, okay. you know, available are, are just really, um, they're amazing. <laughs> and what people can do today with a team of 10 used to take a team of like 40 or 50 and you can be five to 10 times as productive with that team of 10 today as you could have been 10 years ago with 20 or 30 people. Yeah. Yeah. That's a good note to close on. Cause I like what you just said. Wow. Wow. What, what a, what a fascinating, what a fascinating trip. And I think a lot of growth ahead for you guys in Sageflow. How, how big is the team right now in terms of people? Uh, we're still really small. So and yeah, we're, we're bigger. Yeah. <laughs> we will, we will get bigger. Um, when we get to 40 or 50 people, that's like, yeah, that that's when I'll feel like, okay, it's like we're, yeah. we're really like getting some traction now. Well, cool. Let's hit stop so I can let you get on with your day. But Aaron, what a, what a pleasure to catch up. And we got to do it in public, which is kind of fun. <laughs> it. Yeah, it's awesome. It's great to see you, Matt. Thanks so much for having me on. My guest has been Aaron Smith, CEO of Sageflow.